This is the Powered Up Podcast, show 58. Recognize that there's commonalities between what is going on in your life and in your classroom to every other classroom in the country or beyond that. And I think... Welcome to a real-world education with insight and advice from teachers in the game, where current and former educators reveal what truly sets apart the great teachers and what it takes to make a positive impact on students. Whether you're in pre-service learning, new to the game, or a seasoned veteran, this is the show for you. You'll leave feeling inspired to take action because we are powering education by empowering you. everyone this is ken Erman, host of the powered up podcast and i am here with my co-host mr matt in the flesh rogers holy smokes matthew hey buddy this is this is fantastic so matt and i are recording in person together for the first time ever we are seeing each other for the first time in, in 58 weeks no more than, than that, that. Two, Way years. More than that. two years two years yeah two years we uh, we were together before COVID. I was running a graduate course that you enrolled in on Bloxels. Correct. And we went and had some sodas and Libations. appetizers yep. at Applebee's. <laughs> Snowstorm came. Correct. And that was all she wrote. That was and it. And after that, it was not really a thing where we saw anyone now, for a long time. No. So we are we're in person together here. We are at the Pennsylvania Education Technology Expo and Conference, more formally known as Pete and C. Uh, so we're here together. Uh, we're here for a couple of days of learning and exploring. And so we wanted to take the opportunity to one record in person because we've never done this. Um, and two, just to talk about, you know, should you go to conferences? I think it's an important conversation, you know, so this is awkward. It's fine, right? (laughs) Like, so educators, we get used to working with our um, grade level peers and people in your building. Um, Going to conferences is a totally different experience Mm -hmm. for educators. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's different tiers of why you go to conferences. What was was your first conference? What was your first out of district We'll say out of district professional development experience. That's how we could define a conference. It's a good way to put it. So I went to a conference on um, a, a trend that our school district was attempting. And it was one of those things that we were kind of exploratory learning about it. And we brought some of the attributes back. Um, I think more than anything, I learned that conferences, the purpose of conferences are, you know, tiered. You go as a novice and you soak up everything. You absolutely, there. it's overwhelming. You go as an intermediate level and you're recognizing, hey, there's some really good things that I brought on that added to what I already understood. Mm-hmm. And then after you've gone to a few conferences, you go to a conference for networking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's finding the like-minded peers that 
the 364 days you can reach out to to get honest feedback because they understand your role and what you deal with in education yeah. and to get that support system is really what it comes down to. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. My, I'm pretty sure my first conference was actually where we met. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure my first conference was we've we've shared before, I think probably back on the first show that Matt and I met at a uh, Keystone Technology Innovator Summit, which was for nominated uh, teachers for for Pennsylvania teachers. Um, I'm almost positive that was my first out of district experience. That's why, um, you know, Matt and I have come to this conference for multiple years now. And it's, you know, regardless of the state you're in that you're watching this, this is the the state level ISTE version. Correct. So, you know, regardless if it's technology related, I'm going to a conference later this year that's uh, more focused on like data and instruction. The idea, like Matt said, is is you go in different tiers and you go to obviously learn. You go to just meet people and the meeting people is something that I didn't expect any conference that I've gone to. I'm not an extrovert. I'm not a, I love small talk. I love all these things, but the the networking is something that I have to push myself out of my comfort zone a little bit, but it's something that I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, even if it's, you know, learning something new, it's validating what you do in the classroom. That's a big part of what this podcast is about is you might hear something that one of our guests does to validate yourself that it is meaningful. It is impactful. It is, it is beneficial to your students and, and conferences can definitely, definitely do that for you. Um, so, you know, Matt, your, your first experience in going to a conference, what would you say were your biggest takeaways? So I think the biggest takeaways really are, you know, keynotes serve a purpose. The, the, the purpose behind a keynote is to inspire, recognize that there's commonalities between what is going on in your life and in your classroom to every other classroom in the country or beyond that. And I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to is you get this perspective that you're all in it together. And that sets a tone for the rest of the conference of you're going in these sessions Again, talking about like-minded ideas, like-minded peers, you're choosing sessions that match what you want to grow in as an educator. And I think that's hugely important. I think that's the ultimate goal is, you know, we do things in observations that are peer coaching and goal setting that aim to actually drive you to improvement. There's probably not a better place to go to than an actual conference that puts people that are already doing what you want to do in front of you that allows you to feel like you can match that or gives you that, that, that kind of direction on how you get to that end result. I would agree with that. I, I think the thing that a, a somewhat larger conference now, you might have smaller um, like ed camps and things that happen locally where there's maybe 50, 100, 200 teachers attending and not to say those aren't worthwhile. Uh, we're at a conference now that has thousands of, of teachers across the state attending. And so we, we have the benefit of having a keynote. And keynotes are, if they're good, and today's <laughs> was fantastic. It was, it was uh, Jimmy Casas. Um, keynotes can really just be a mindset changer, really inspire you. Um, it's, a, it's a palpable feeling to be in a room with potentially a thousand people, and you're all feeling the same thing. You know, you're all feeling the same passion towards educating or the same empathy towards a story. And 
when you're in a room like that, it's a, it's a pretty cool feeling. I mean, I can, I can think back to multiple keynotes that I've heard at this very conference where it, I don't want to say it's life changing, but it's, you feel it. Like I can, I can think back and remember what I felt like in that moment. Um, so being at a larger conference like that, feeling those keynotes is, is definitely a huge piece. And then you get, you get down to the, you get down to the sessions and the sessions are a place where you're seeing something that you've never heard of. You're seeing something that you've potentially heard of, but you haven't had your time to, you haven't had time to wrap your head around it. Um, you know, I remember I, I'm big on iMovie. I'm big on using iPads. And I sat in on a Apple session where they showed how you can now like dub in clips on, on iMovie by just hitting like one button versus you know, back five years ago, you had to like split the clips, detach audio. And I was mind blown. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe that this is here. I had no idea. So there's all those little pieces where you can walk into a session and you can learn something completely new that you had no idea, or you can be very aware of the topic and just hear one sentence that the presenter says and say, I never thought of it that way. And that one just quick mindset change can make you more efficient, more practical, or just, you know, providing a better product for your students. But even hearing that one sentence, having the knowledge that you have, right, is, you know, it changed the entire mindset that you have created that seems vast already. So, so to make a shift on a already big perspective goes so much further. I think, you know, as a novice, it's super in, intimidating to go in. And I remember the first conference I went to of a large scale, it probably was this conference, PNC. I was trying to figure out, pick and choose what sessions matched. And it was, do I go a huge diverse route of, you know, we look at VR here and we look at um, Apple integrated apps here and we look at Flip Classroom here, or do you kind of go in a track that feels like, hey, I'm going to get an introduction, then an intermediate course, and then an expert level kind of experience with that. It's really hard and to, to make that decision. But really, at the end of the day, it comes down to what is going to be the benefit. And the benefit is as much you bring back to your classroom at the end of the day. So keynotes inspire and then the sessions actually lead to the change in your classroom. And I think that's really powerful. And mm-hmm. we've been really fortunate, both of us, to be on the receiving end, but also the presenting end, which I think, you know, you go from that introduction, mm-hmm. intermediate, hardly expert. We would never consider ourselves experts. But we've gone to this conference six, seven, eight years mm-hmm. now to lead sessions and successfully and be, and be looked to as, Hey, we're going to represent this concept has been a really powerful side of things too, that, you know, that is the true sign that you feel like, you know, we're no different than you. I think we just choose to speak about the experiences in our classroom with confidence and understanding that it may benefit other people. Yeah. I think that's the, the extent of it. Yep. So you're, you know, in Pennsylvania, we have intermediate units that are in charge of providing programs, a huge support to special education, and then also professional development. Those are like their big pieces uh, <laughs> for different, you know, when we normally record those coughs, coughs always Sorry. get cut out. Uh, so there's no dogs barking though. I know. That's, that's I know. a plus. Uh, so 
So those intermediate units are in charge of a lot of things, but a big piece that they do is providing uh, professional development and workshops to districts that are associated by county. So I'm sure every state has some capacity of version of that. So you have those pieces, but this is this is a next tier, not in terms of like being better than, but it's a larger conference. So these things are not free. Yeah. So you and I have had, we've been here pretty much the same amount of years, but we've had very different approaches in being able to attend. Totally. And the only commonality in our approach is that we don't want to spend the money to be here Completely. because it can be expensive and teachers should not be spending money to attend conferences consistently. Maybe you, maybe you shell out a little bit, you know, on your own here or there to pay for meals or pay for a small portion of it. But, um, you know, your districts have funds and there's other opportunities. So, Matt, why don't you talk about how you've attended this specific conference? I'm sure it can be applied to other state level. You've done it with ISTE as well. So what is what has been your strategy for getting your district to approve you being here? Yeah. And then also your ability to not spend your own money. I, think it's, I mean, I have not spent a single dollar of my district's um, means in order for me to come to an experience like this. And I've. But you've also to, not spent your own money. I've not spent. So you I haven't spent district money yep. and you haven't spent your own money. Mine's going to be different, but. Yeah. So I local conferences are usually free because of the contract with the IU that we have in Pennsylvania. The state level conference, Pete and C, I have volunteered at. So that means usually I'm working five or six sessions where I'm introducing the presenter. I get to choose what sessions I'm coming to. And the rest of the time I get to go kind of freely. Um, there's other requirements that, that add into the, the expectation, but you know, that's what we're doing on the back end to be able to enjoy the conference. And the majority of the time is free to experience. Um, and that is actually what I do with ISTE. So ISTE being the international version of every state level, it's probably the biggest conference that we'll ever mm -hmm. go to. Yeah. Um, I'm on the volunteer committee. So I'm one of seven people that run all the volunteers for the international conference, which is really, really cool. I, I was accepted, unfortunately, three years ago um, through COVID, I've only done one conference and all of it has been local. So I did Philadelphia and I've done two years of local, but this year we're going to New Orleans and then we'll go back to Philadelphia and, and, uh, we'll end up in Atlanta and, and years after years, um, kind of supporting, but all of those are through that volunteer lens. The alternative end is you present. And a lot of times, any of these presentations. So, local, so, so state, just to back up for a second, with the volunteer, ahead. your registration is free. Registration is free. Your travel is free. Travel. Luckily, I'm close enough that okay. I don't have to claim it. But yes. And your lodging is free. Lodging you have, is completely You have covering. to keep in mind, if you're staying at a multi-day conference, you have registration, you have lodging, and you have meals. So those are those are the three things that are going to cost you money. And, I, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't pay for any of that. If you can't get all of your meals reimbursed, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't attend. But just keep in mind that there's more than the registration fee that shows up on the on the website of the conference. I think the, the clarification is the expenses beyond what it costs to live, right? Like, hey, I need to have breakfast, lunch and dinner. I expect that I'm going to pay whether that's grocery bills of what mm -hmm. normally I would do at home right. or going out to a restaurant with 
coworkers or people that I've met, I, it seems like an acquired fee. It's a little different at a conference because, you know, a conference ends at five o'clock. Well, if you're staying over, there's a lot of legitimate learning. And I, and I mean, legitimate learning and experience that happens from five o'clock until we won't say what time it goes till, <laughs> but um, th that interaction with like-minded peers and, you right. know, you can hear in the background, there's people, there's a lot of conversations about education and we're, we're recording this late into the evening. Correct. Right. So a lot of that comes down to us being educators and loving education. Mm -hmm. And we talk about it all the time. So all that to be said, you know, the, the last end of the, the spectrum is presenting at a mm -hmm. conference. And I think we are only generating confidence in presenting because we've done it multiple times. Right. And that's kind of been my, my track into the experience. So my first year attending this conference, I put into, I put in an application to present and I knew that if it was accepted, I could attend for free. And so I was accepted and I went to my principal and said, Hey, like, you know, my presentation was accepted. Can I go? He said, yes. Like, we'll, you know, we'll cover sub, we'll, we'll provide subs for you. That's the other expense that we don't yeah. see that we don't pay yeah. out of pocket, but it, it does exist. Um, so I was able to go for two days. So I presented, I stayed over, I think I actually stayed with you because I don't think I, I don't think I had a hotel because I wasn't yeah. planning on it. And then the next year, you know, my assistant superintendent found out that I did it. She said, Hey, like, you know, we have a budget for this. You should put in for it. So then the next year I presented and I stayed over, I stayed for the three days. My registration again was free. And this time, like I actually had the, the guts to ask for like, Hey, could I like have a meal reimbursed when I go to this? And so it kind of opened my eyes to like, I could get reimbursed. I stayed at the cheapest hotel possible that I could find a room in. And now I stay where the entire experience happens. It's at an experience conference center that also has a hotel. And I'm very fortunate to have my district support me in, in hotel and in, and in um, you know, food reimbursement that fits the criteria for, for when you travel. But um, you know, I've always been able to get registration for free because I've been accepted as a presenter. And so presenting not only is an empowering experience, it's, it's a fulfilling experience. It's an opportunity to share your craft, collaborate, uh, but it also helps you get your foot in the door, especially if money is an issue. And coming back year after year, I've run into people that said, hey, you did that presentation on three. I ran into someone that saw a 3D printing one last night um, from a couple of years ago where you did the one on Flip Classroom. Like it's, it's fun because you when you go to a conference like this, you typically get a lot of new people and you also get people that come back year after year. And that continued network, it just it's really empowering because, frankly, you know, if we had to put a percentage on what teachers attend, a conference out of all of teachers it's not a lot what it's not high. 0.5 percent yeah i mean realistically like you know no one hardly anybody goes from my district i've gotten a few teachers to come here for a day or for for an overnight um i've brought students for the the student expo but it's a really really small percentage and it's such an all the sessions aside just that networking piece which is not part of my personality is such a powerful experience yeah, I mean, like, the the part of the presentation side of things is, you know, it, it gains you confidence to go back to your district and feel like what you're sharing and what you're doing is valuable to the kids. And 
I think getting that feedback, positive and negative. Ah, you've gotten mostly positive. I've gotten both. Honestly, I had a, a session that fell flat and it totally changed my, my view of how I go about presenting and how I interact with people. And um, luckily, I, one fall flat and many that went successful. But, you know, it, it's one of those things that as we go through this, we have this goal. You know, you go and present because you want to make an impact on more classrooms than you get to interact with every day. And I think you feel this in your role. You don't get to interact with the classrooms all the time that you're influencing in your district. I get 18 kids because I teach 18 kids every day. So I know what impact I have. You have 16 classrooms that you have. And when you come to a conference and you're presenting, you may have hundreds of classrooms that in a slight way you may influence. And honestly, the best part of presenting really comes down to the feedback and conversations that continue after the fact. Mm. You know, I've had, maybe you have 60, 70 people sitting in your session, which is incredible. And you have five people that reach out on Twitter, or Instagram after the fact, or you give out an email and they respond and you're like, hey, you brought up this point, can we continue this conversation? That is the most dynamite part of presenting is, you know, that teacher felt like what you covered made a difference in those few minutes and they wanted to figure out how they can bring that attribute into their own classroom. And I think that's, you know, why we as educators, we share what we know all the time, um, usually for free. Like, I think we give away stuff very freely. I mean, we're doing a podcast sharing our ideas mm -hmm. because we feel like it's valuable and if it can make a difference in one person who's hearing it at least one one classroom change then it's all worth it yeah i mean we've talked about just in a recent episode probably a few a few ago where that impact on a specific student i shared that email that that i received from a student and that's why that's why we're in teaching we want to make lifelong changes to an individual. Actually, the keynote today, he talked a lot about that in a really powerful way. Presenting can be a similar experience. I've had two people come up to me during this conference that said, I sat in your session. I was a part of your professional development training, you know, uh, last year. Well, not last year. I wasn't here, but a couple of years ago, three years or four years ago. And they're now presenting on a topic similar because of what they learned at my presentation. And that's that same gratifying feeling of, you know, what I said had some sort of impact. I don't care. You know, they're not saying, hey, you know, three years ago, I learned from Ken Ehrman, follow him. I don't care about any of that. The fact that I had that conversation, that one on one conversation, they come up to me and said, hey, do you remember me? You know, we met at, at Pete and C. Your session was great. You know, I've done this since that that I've done this since is the part that I love to hear. And. That's what I'm gaining from other presenters. That's what other people are gaining from me as the presenter. It's that camaraderie. It's that piece of you're not in this alone because you do feel like you're on an island in your classroom so often. Put in a presentation title just to see if it sticks. Maybe you maybe you get accepted. My first session here at this conference, I'm, I think I had eight people sit in. My second one, I had a room of 150 people. And... You know, it just, it helped me build that confidence. 
And, you know, as an instructional coach, that's a big piece that I do. I'm constantly trying to get teachers to run sessions with me. When a principal comes to me and says, hey, let's, I want to run with this initiative. I want to run with this idea. My first response is, who in your staff is doing a great job with this? And will they present with me? So when I'm going to a staff, it's not the Ken Ehrman show. It's the, this is an important concept. Here's some ideas. I can cover the legwork leg of it, prep everything. But the teacher can talk about their craft and the teacher can talk about what happens in their classroom so that it becomes a collaborative effort with me and that teacher. And really they're, they're there listening to their peer, not me. And I think that's the, the key behind everything is you go to a conference, any topic, there's growth that comes out of it, right? Like it may be in, a novice learning a ton. It may be someone who's experienced that makes a connection that totally changes the opportunities that happen for a district. The only thing that comes from a conference, as long as you're invested in the conference is growth. And I think that's, you know, I've gone to conferences where I sat in on eight sessions and only one really made an impact, but that one made a huge impact. And I've also gone to conferences that I went to eight sessions and seven of them made an impact. Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't make a difference. It, it doesn't make a difference one bit. Every single experience led to improvement of what I do in my classroom. And more than anything, usually it's the mindset shift, right? We're recording this in February. Right now, it is a miserable time in education. I don't mean to be rude about that, but it is a tough time to be a mm -hmm. teacher because, you know, indoor recess, the, the early dark, like the kids leave school and it's dark. Like to, to find happiness and uh, rejuvenation in February, knowing that March and April are going to be really tough is what we need conferences to be. Lift us up, kind of drive through. And, and honestly, it's a great time. Even though it's inconvenient for subs, it's a great time to go to a conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's a, it's a time to rejuvenate, um, reinvigorate, and just just Google. Just just Google what's your state level. You know, tech conferences are big. Even if the, and this this is a technology expo, but even just in our short time attending ourselves, this this has expanded much beyond technology. There's usually some sort of tech focus in a session, but it's really about pedagogy. Um, and you know, look at look up ed camps. Look up you know your version of the intermediate unit if you're not in Pennsylvania. There are plenty of opportunities, and just ask your principal. Ask whoever your supervisor is. Ask them, say, hey, can I go? I have a teacher in my district that is is flying to a conference because their supervisor said yes. I don't I don't know how the conversation transpired, but I know she's going. And, you know, there in terms of budgeting and funding, there are specific budget categories dedicated to professional development for teachers. And a lot of times those go unfulfilled. Those those are not tapped into supervisors, principals, they are, they are putting money aside for these experiences. And you need to ask, you need to seek out, is it possible? If it's not possible, put a budget together and say, when you are preparing your budget for the following school year, can you build this in? I really want to go. So, you know, sell, sell the idea. What are you going to learn from it? What are you going to gain from it? But start having the conversations with the people that 
you know, or signing off on these approval sheets so that you can go. Should you spend your own money? Possibly that's, that's your own personal decision to make. I personally feel as though you should not. I think you should seek out funding. I, th I think you should seek out the ways that either through volunteering or through your district that they can support you and fund you because they want you to go. They do want you to learn and grow. And so they're going to support you financially with that. But you have to ask first to be able to, to find that possibility. To kind of add to that, you know, when you go to a conference, you're expected to bring something back to the district. Mm. And that might be offering to go in front of the school board and list what you did, whether yeah. it was what you learned, what you presented on, any of those features, you know, the stakeholders need to justify what you're doing. And, and that's a small price to pay if it allows you to have that opportunity. And I think, Ken, what you were talking about is there is budget there for the possibility. More than anything, if you can justify that, it's going to make you a better teacher. There's probably a way to make it happen, mm -hmm. right? Like there is, whether it's within the school district or outside of the school district to find a way that can make it possible. Um, but all you're advocating for is to be a better version of yourself mm -hmm. and make an influence on your class. And that then leads to you being a better teacher, better professional. It's a no brainer. And the school district wants that for you as long as they can make it possible. Mm -hmm. And I often, like I've said this before, I often bring to my admin solutions to problems that I'm going to bring to them. They may not be the solutions that they'll use. Hey, I can try to present. I can try to volunteer. I can pay portion. I have no problem doing that. It's something I want to do. It's will I, I'm willing to do that because, you know, like for instance, tonight I came up here on my own accord. I, I'm not actually attending this conference, but I wanted to be part of the networking of tonight mm -hmm. that I came up out of my own time, even though, because I knew who would be here. I knew I could have that opportunity. And I've had some great educational conversations uh, this evening that will come back to my classroom tomorrow. But unfortunately, I will be in my class. Not unfortunately, but I won't be able to stay and enjoy the keynote portion of it, which is really what we all need as educators mm -hmm. at this time of year. So it's yeah. all part of it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you know, our main point, and I think it's been very clear, is search conferences, find conferences you can logistically attend and put in proposals to your district to attend. It will be a career changer for you without a doubt. Like Matt said, you might attend eight out of eight grade sessions. You might attend three out of eight grade sessions. But the networking, all the other pieces that go with it are going to be beneficial and meaningful for you. So please look into attending these professional development events that are out there and available for you to to grow as an educator so uh so matt why don't you uh close down shop here in person let's see if you uh can handle it all right i'm so, gonna i'm gonna go to sleep because i'm presenting early tomorrow morning all right so as we power down this episode hopefully we leave you powered up stay well kenny it's good to see you in person absolutely this has been a pleasure i know man and uh we'll talk to you next week see you guys